This is an All the Kings Men post game podcast. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Heading into Tuesday night's game against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Kings had some of the worst defensive numbers in the NHL. The good news is, they shored up the defense, they didn't allow any goals on the penalty kill, and generally speaking, they held one of the more potent offenses to essentially one goal. The bad news? Well, you already know the bad news. We are high above the ice here in the Bob Miller Press Box at Staples Center. I feel like I say that out of sequence every time. Is it we are in the Bob Miller Press Box here at Staples Center high above the ice? It doesn't matter. Anyway, joining me tonight, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing tonight, Jack? Uh, bored. Yeah. It's kind of a boring game. Woo! Boring hockey. Yes. Nothing like it. I know, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Carry on. <laughs> so, I mean, we sort of stared at the, at our at our various screens and, and the little sheets they hand out at the end of the game Said, so, you know, what's the story? And the reality is the story is the Kings had the worst defense heading into the league into this game. The message was they clearly, addressed it. Yeah, the message was clearly sent, hey, let's stop allowing goals. They they did. They did that. They allowed one. Yeah. And then, uh, but that doesn't count. Yeah, and then they forgot uh to score. Well, when it, you focus on one thing, you yeah. gotta focus on something less, and that was the goal scoring. So I think what the mindset going into it was is let's just have an eye on you know being more smart around our net and getting the puck out and you know third guy high etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, it it came with a cost and that was obviously with the inability to score goals. There's a scene in the movie Miracle. Ooh, I recall that movie where the coach says to the players, "You're not outdating me on this one." <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I was I was even alive when the miracle happened, but too young to remember it. Um. But no, but there's a scene in the movie where I think they're playing against like Norway or something in like one of the one of the warm up games, yeah. and they win easily, and it's fine, and they're looking at the girls in the stands, and blah blah blah. Maybe I yeah. have the maybe I have well, the sequence wrong. Yeah, but at any rate, we'll... the, the coach says to the players, "You think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone." And the yes. sad truth is that's where we are with this Kings team. And so when they tried to mount their third period comeback to overcome that huge one goal lead. It's insurmountable. It was too late. Apparently, <laughs> well, it was too late. I mean, let's look at the games they've had so far. They they have really strong first periods where they smother the yep. other team's defense, which it seemed like they had today again, a little bit. Yeah, but but the off. I mean, this time they were truly just dedicated to shutting yes. down scoring chances. But in in previous games, they have built leads and then given them away. This yep. game, they didn't build the lead because they weren't putting in the effort in uh, in the offensive zone until, like I said, until it was too late to overcome that. Not to say they weren't putting in the effort, but there was a focus on something else. Yeah. I mean, when I say effort, I just mean if you look at the, the, sharp, the sharp correct shot blobs, um, <laughs> it's not terrible. It's not, like, all on the perimeter, but there isn't that strong, you know, in the crease presence. They weren't driving the net. They weren't. You know, they weren't cycling. They weren't doing all of the sort of things that had helped them build yeah. those three, four goal leads in previous games. And honestly, I'm not even sure I'm that upset about it other than having to sit through an incredibly dull second half of the second period. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in a season where we're trying to answer questions and we're trying to figure out who this team was, I feel like... We didn't learn a whole lot. Well, I feel like we learned at least they can... At least they can play defense. <laughs> Well, yeah, but we didn't learn anything because nothing came out of it. I mean, I guess, like, I understand where you're coming from, but in a, in a season that, again, as you just mentioned, where 
we're trying to figure everything out. And we've got a new coaching staff who has a whole new game plan, but we have an, a, a roster that looks very identical to what it looked like last year. Yep. And, and we know what the results from last year were. So we take in the tactics that Todd McClellan and his coaching staff have now implemented. And in those first five games, we saw offense. And it was a matter of, okay, we need to do exactly what we've been doing on offense, but we need to clean up the defensive errors. And what we did is we took a step back on the whole game plan and said, okay, we cleaned up those defensive errors, but we completely forgot what we did right in those first five games. Now, well, you know, the good thing is we play on Thursday, so you've got a quick, uh, quick, you know, 48 hours, we'll say, just to kind of reboot and address what happened, but also take the positives. And that was giving up uh, one goal. You know, we're just going to discount that empty netter yeah. to a team that's five and one, now six and one, and had been scoring and getting pucks on net uh, second or third in the NHL. I know the Kings were second or third in the, in the, Carolina Hurricanes were also second or third. So there were pros that came out of it, but we didn't learn a whole lot because, you know, they failed at one degree in which they were succeeding, and then they were succeeding, and then they failed at that. Yeah, heading into this game uh, with five games played, the Kings were giving up 5.2 goals a game. That's and, not good. And Carolina was scoring 3.83 goals a game. So, well, and the thing is, we also came into this thinking it was going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, and absolutely. Boy, were we wrong. Well, well, this is how I know you actually pay attention to what I say. You turned Ooh. to me about a minute into the first period, maybe two minutes in, and you said, <laughs> yes, yes. You said this is going to be, well, like, what do you think, 6-5, five, 7-5? Five? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, probably. And then you said, when everybody backs up behind one thing, you know it's wrong. And you said, we're probably we going to get like a one nothing 2-1 game. Yeah. You were right. We got a one, essentially a one nothing game. Um my here's here's my take on on what I saw, and to be fair, I left uh, for about ten or twelve minutes of the third period to go wish uh, a friend of mine happy birthday, happy birthday, Cecil. Um, happy birthday, Cecil. But uh, Todd McClellan talks about a shoot first mentality. You know, it's all about offense, all about aggressiveness, et cetera, et cetera. Then they I wind like up. I love it, but they wind up giving up a lot of goals, and you're trying to sort out: is it the goalie's fault? Is it the defensive? coverage fault and, you, and at the end of the day you sort of realize well they're giving up a lot of odd man rushes they're giving up a lot of cross crease and cross ice passes mm-hmm. so maybe there's too many turnovers maybe there's too much maybe too much shoot first too focused a on too the offense yeah so then tonight you know we saw the power pack. play and and even on f- the five on fives we saw how many shots shooting lanes wide open passed up Right, like there wasn't a shot on goal from either team for like eight minutes. Yeah, you, I think it was in the second period. <laughs> yeah. You turned to me and you're like, "If I pull up the stats here, they are not going to have a shot on goal." Yeah, and little a flat line. Yeah, little did we know. We pull up the stats and there's just a flat line yeah. for half of the period. <laughs> yeah. So my, f- I mean, it's not a fear. I actually think it's a positive sign because it means that the coaching staff addressed something and that the players took it to heart. I do agree. Now we just have to get them to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time <laughs> um, easier said than done it is but <laughs> we've heard you know we've heard from people smart farter than, you said smart smart fart. farter far smarter than i um more than me oh, sorry mom um <laughs> say that when you're implementing a new system you're thinking the game you're not playing the game and yeah. you know, i spoke to daryl evans before the game tonight and he said you know it would almost be better if they made their mistakes faster because at least then you'd make the mistake and you'd start correcting it. Whereas yeah. now they're taking a second to think about it. Then they're making a, a mistake. And so you've yeah. added a sort of extra mistake to the process. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get that ironed out. 
Well, I think, you know, the more I think about it, I think it was a growing experience as a team today. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to still stick with, I don't think we learned a whole lot because we're still in that area where, you know, we didn't really see a whole lot from anyone tonight. So I'm not happy about that, or at least from a King's standpoint of wanting to see them win. Um, but I think when you go back to the ability for us to see the growth defensively and, you know, Campbell's stats, even though he was 2-0, weren't pretty going into the uh, into the game. And, you know, quicks obviously aren't either. But, you know, when you have the ability to focus on something and they check that box tonight, which was extremely important, we can see that they can play D. It's just now that we know what we have to focus on as well. And that's doing this correctly, but also adding what we've seen in the first five games. I think you may have just stumbled on to one thing that we can say we learned tonight. And that is the Jack Campbell's bad numbers were probably not his fault yeah probably more to do with defense because they they held carolina to what 22 shots 23 shots, yeah something in that area and he allowed one goal and and that goal was not his fault no right like all five guys on the ice were staring at the puck (laughs) and trevor lewis bless his american-born soul just left left the slot wide open (laughs) we are pro yeah trevor lewis podcast and let me ask you this i'm not even sure like trevor lewis made a play that directly resulted in the goal but i'm not entirely sure it was his fault (laughs) Eh, not really i mean there was there was multiple things that played into it and a puck got kicked out to the to the slot and lo and behold wrong team happened to be uh the one that was closest to the puck yeah i mean it was like i was watching it was like okay yeah he left the front of the net to go to chase the puck behind the net yes that left the spot open for a man to drop down into the slot and receive the pass but, I mean, if he doesn't do that, then there's just a guy freewheeling behind the net. Yeah. Uh, and, and all the Kings events were bundled up. Correct. But you all, and then from a tactical standpoint, uh, at least from the way that you're taught hockey is, they can't hurt you from behind the net. Right. You can't score from behind the net. Unless it's Wayne Gretzky. You, well, yeah. Or Arthur Kaliev. Or Arthur Kaliev, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that was quite impressive. It was. Check out social media if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. But it, the golden rule is obviously stick to your man, and especially when they're in the slot. And guys behind the net, if you have your guy covered, he's useless. So it was a mistake, and obviously Trevor Lewis would be the first one to admit that. But uh, we are a pro Trevor Lewis podcast, as I repeat again. And <laughs> I, listen, he's going to make a lot. The things he does on the ice are going to heavily outweigh what he does wrong on the ice. I, I butchered that a little bit, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. The pros are going to outweigh the cons with Trevor Lewis. They have every year, and they will continue as long as he's in a Kings uniform. So the trend of uh, playing the top four fairly even minutes at even strength continues. Yep. And uh, I think Walker and uh, and Hutton wound up getting – yeah, Walker and Martinez wound up getting uh, seventeen, roughly 17 minutes each. Dowdy and Hutton played about 14. And then Roy uh, and Ryan played about 13 minutes each, give or take. So that third pair has their first sort of bad night. Uh, what? You're on even strength. Oh. No, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, sorry. Um, All right, no, cut that out. Yeah. Um, so Ryan and Roy have their first sort of uh, rough night. They don't get terribly abused, but their possession numbers are not great, and uh, they're on the ice for the lone goal against. They're out there with the third li- or third line, fourth line, whatever you want to call it. Again, in a game, in a one nothing game, I'm not going to sit there and say. Well, you can nitpick anything. And yeah. Obviously, they're a minus one in yeah. a game that was one zero. But 
you know, for a third line slash, if you look at third line D pair and a third line or a fourth line uh, offensive pair and they go minus one in the game, that's, that's okay. You know, but you, that's where you have to expect line one and line two to go plus one or plus two. That's what they get paid for. That's why, you know, they're making X millions of dollars and, you know, more times than not, you'd hope that that is the case. And unfortunately tonight it wasn't. And because of it, you know, Zero points for Kings, two points for Carolina. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's just really difficult to criticize anything other than a lack of goal scoring, and that's a that's a team-wide yeah. criticism. Well, the power play didn't look great. No, well, the power play hasn't looked great all we know. year. Yeah. And, and part of that... It's a work in progress. <laughs> Tom McClellan is... Well, yeah, is I know. It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. But Tom McClellan has had a history with very successful power plays, and I have the utmost confidence... In that, I'm excited to learn a little bit more, hopefully on Saturday when I talk to him. But it'll be interesting because you know, there are weapons on this team. And the first power play unit today was, I guess, not what I technically or really expected with the personnel. It was a little bit all over. And, and I mean it in the sense that when you look at chemistry and you look at the weapons that the Kings have, not all of them are out there together. And I think you know the chemistry was off, or at least the, you know, the puck movement. Uh, whether it was Carolina's penalty kill or the Kings themselves shooting themselves in the foot, you know, that's to be determined and you know only time will tell as things goes on. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it's going to take time with the new coaching staff. Now, I know Todd has obviously talked a little bit about how it's not that big of a change than it has been in the past, but it is a change. And that's where things get a little bit more interesting because... You know, when you do change things, you've got people like Drew Doughty and you've got Kopitar, who are always going to be on that ice. And then you've got Dustin Brown, who also falls into that category. But who are the other two? And that takes time to build chemistry. It takes time to build, you know, that, you know, without having to even think about it, you know, someone's in this place or the other guy's in this place. And when you switch up personnel and you constantly do it, that's when things get a little bit more interesting and the frustration can build solely because of the numbers. At one point you asked me, and I won't say which player, but at one point you asked me, you know, are they are they playing him more minutes to try and boost his trade value? And last game, Dave and I had a similar conversation about, you know, does the team want to see the younger players, you know, or why aren't the younger players getting more minutes? And, you know, don't you want to see the younger players? My response to, to you and my response to him is it's different wording, but the same general message, which is I personally believe, and I don't have any... Yep. You know, no quotes on this or, or sources or anything. But I personally believe that because the kids are few and far between and they are, for the most part, known quantities, right? Like, you know what you're getting out of Amadio. You know what you're getting out of Walker at this point. Yeah. The question that they really need to answer right now, and it, and it won't be all season, but for the first 25 or 30 games, I would say, is what do you have in the veterans, right? McClellan mentioned it in his yep. state of the conference event. He mentioned it in some of the post game who's on board scrums after. Yeah, yep. exactly. Who's going to run the marathon? Who's bought in? Who's going to do what they want them to do? And you look at a guy like Adrian Kempe, for example, who started on the second line and is now on the fourth line and playing just a, a handful of minutes. Now, apparently he got a mouth injury tonight. So maybe that could explain why he didn't get too many minutes um, in the third period, but he's out there, but he's out there on the top power play. I mean, Kempe, Kovalchuk, Carter, Toffoli, these are guys that, that they need to sort out what they're going to get from them yeah. night in and night out because until you know for a fact what you're going to get from them, I don't want 
Arthur Kaliev or Samuel Fagamo or Rasmus Kupari or Jared Anderson Dolan or any of those guys on a line with them because then you can't properly evaluate those players because they're not if, well you if don't not, yeah you can't evaluate the younger guys until you evaluate the older guys right. and know who's a who's going to buy in and who is able to do what coach Todd McClellan wants them yeah. to do now I think this is something that people should have a better understanding of now just because you know Anze Kobitar or Dustin Brown or Jeff Carter or you know whoever it may be name anyone who just because he was successful with you know the last head coaching staff or the previous one or even going back to Sutter doesn't mean he's going to be successful with Jeff Carter and that has nothing to do with age it has nothing to do with um, you know situation it's it has a lot to do with the ability to not only get along with the head coaching staff but to buy into what they are wanting them to do whether that's I want you to move from center to wing or that's I want you to play 18 minutes instead of 22 minutes but I want you to focus on this it's very important that you know that's what we mean in terms of buying in it's the marathon of okay you know what you may be getting a little bit older you're going to play a few less minutes but I need you to be a little bit more physical or I need you to be much more vocal in the locker room and you know talk to these younger kids so that they understand how to go through what you went through when you were younger. So it's more than just, you know, saying that, yeah, I buy into what he's saying. It's the actions on the ice. It's the ability to adapt to the style that he wants you to play or the position or, you know, so on and so forth down the line of just the little details that, you know, coach Todd McCullen now who's going to be here and is already shown, you know, the bright spots of what he can bring if they can adapt to what he wants and if he can do that for, you know, half of these guys, maybe a few more, then I think that's a pretty good success. Before the game on the pregame show, I mentioned the fact that the worst defensive pairs that they have uh-huh. invariably have Drew Doughty on them. And I okay. don't, when I say worst, I mean just possession numbers. I don't mean actually worst. Obviously, Drew Doughty is Drew Doughty. Um, <laughs> Top in the league right now yeah we talked about needing to find roles for different players one of the things that i was happiest about tonight was that drew dowdy looked at least statistically a little bit more like drew dowdy and okay. and i think i think part of the buy-in process part of the maturation process part of the growth process is maybe going to be convincing dowdy to be more like drew dowdy and less like what drew dowdy thinks everybody needs drew dowdy to be I mean, I agree. And that's something that McClellan's going to have to do. And, yeah. and you know, Drew Doughty is a very passionate, very emotional, very you know high energy guy who emotions can get the best of him sometimes. We've, you know, we saw how he plays 80, you know, we'll just say 81 games. And then we see how he plays against Calgary mm-hmm. and he brings the best out of Calgary. But at times it can also get out of hand. And that's where, you know, sometimes you can only do so much. But at the same time. You also have to monitor it. And for Drew Doughty to be able to, you know, you know, hone himself in to be able to play within his, you know, abilities to his best abilities isn't always, you know, what he thinks it has to be. And sometimes, you, you know, you can see within his eyes or the way he plays is, you know, he's got to do it all. And, you know, there's a lot of assets on this team. And, yes, we finished 30 out of 31. And that's a frustrating thing for not only him, but everyone on the team. And sometimes when that frustration kicks in, that's when, you know, you can see, you know, people getting out of their comfort zone when they don't need to. And for Drew, who, you know, as you mentioned, to play like Drew Doughty, 
you know, a lot of times it has to do with does he feel comfortable with that partner? And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit during the game. And, you know, when we saw Drew Doughty at his best in his recent years is a lot when McNabb was his partner. And that's what I think McClellan is doing right now. We've seen multiple partners, you know, in the first six games. You know, where can Drew Doughty be comfortable to play his game with a partner that he trusts that allows him to? I don't. I don't think that player's on the roster right now. I, I do agree. I. I don't know who it would be. Like I don't know yeah. that there's anybody in Ontario. I think it's uh, Bjornfoot next year. I oh, think. I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just the maturation, the ability to, you know, get this experience, understand, you know, what's expected and what it takes. You know, everything's a little bit faster when you move up to a higher level. That's kind yeah. of the, you know, one second or one step. And I think he's a little slow, but I think he's understanding that. And, and when when Drew Doughty is able to exceed at his best levels. I think that's going to be with Bjornfoot by his side, but it's not going to be this year. One of the things that's always fascinated me about Doughty is that if you put him with a guy like Scuderi or McNabb yeah. or Matt Green or Sean O'Donnell or somebody like that, was, stay, he, ever, was he ever with Mitchell? Uh, maybe like for a cup you know, of coffee. Few, yeah. But it's usually Scuderi. It was O'Donnell when he was younger. Then it was Scuderi. Then when Scuderi left, they sort of struggled to find, you know, McNabb or Forbert or somebody like that. Um, So they would wind up putting him with a solid stay-at-home, tough, you know, et cetera. And he would then become, you know, the puck-moving, freewheeling, et cetera. The other time that he excelled was when they would put him with Muzzin. And then Muzzin would take over the offensive puck moving, and Dowdy yeah. would suddenly tailor his game, yeah. and you'd see him much more responsible, much more defensively aware. Not that he was irresponsible yeah. with the other guys, but he just would subtly shift his game. The problem is the Kings blue line right now doesn't have any stalwart they don't have defensive a, guys. They, they don't, don't have an O'Donnell. Yeah. They don't have a Willie Mitchell. They don't have a Scuderi. And the closest they, thing... They definitely don't have a McNabb or a Muzzin. No, but the, but the closest thing they have to a Muzzin is, unfortunately, Sean Walker, who's a right-handed shot, and yeah. you're not going to put Dowdy and Walker on a pair. No, it gets, it, it, gets, yeah, it so, gets complicated unless you have no other option. Yeah, so I don't know what the solution there is. Fortunately, they have uh, 70-some games left to sort it out. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that you can throw in there, and hey, just throw wood on the fire and eventually it'll spark. Yeah. And and look, we may find out at game 35 that it is Mikey Anderson. Or yeah. or Daniel Brickley or Minnesota native Mikey yeah. Anderson. <laughs> Calm down. Let's throw that one in there. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up real quick, Jack. Uh not too difficult here. <laughs> player of the game. Can I take Peter Mrazek? <laughs> no. No, you can't. <laughs> uh player of the game. Let's go with I'll take Campbell. I yeah, thought he played yeah, really well. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned earlier in the pod, he we found out that, you know, when we do focus a little bit on defense, that Campbell played really well and allowed one goal. And it really wasn't his fault. There were three guys in front of the net, and uh, only one was a king, and he was also screening him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're not going to bother with play of the game because they didn't score any goals, and I don't want to say, like, oh, that one save Campbell made. That yeah. was real good. So, uh, well, uh, before yeah. I do hope Drew Doughty's okay. He came yeah, off, yeah, and Adrian Kempe as well. But yes, Kempe as well with a mouth injury, apparently a rarity. Stitches, I guess, yeah, puck stick to the to mm-hmm. the face. I assume. Um, and yeah, the Drew Doughty hit was not pretty. Um, one I can relate to, but we don't have to get into those details. <laughs> details. Um, uh, he he did get off on his own power. He uh, proceeded to not finish the last forty four seconds of the game. So, um, best to him. Hopefully, he'll be back on Thursday and. Um, Nothing hinders his performance. This is this what I'm about to say, just warning, is one of those like sports talky hot take 
Oh, okay. Everybody zigs, so this guy's got a zag. Kings, kinda, win, kinda Kings winning the Stanley Cup? <laughs> not that crazy. And not as crazy as Vegas losing the playoffs. No, if, <laughs> if Drew Doughty were to take a game or two off, right, I don't want you, him to be hurt. You I'm think just saying, we could, like, find... No, 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 no. no, okay, no. I'm not going to go that far. I'm just going to say it might be an opportunity to find out what the Kings can do, the blue line, Yeah. if they're not relying on Drew Doughty, know, Drew Doughty to do... Ev- now, they've been... Handling the Why don't you tell that to Drew Doughty? Just, no, 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 Ed, you take a, just take a game off. I, again, I don't want him to be hurt. I, know I don't want him to be I'm just saying like the silver but, lining might be. Yeah, no, I would, understand. We would it, learn. No, that's, it's a good point you bring up. Yeah. You know, Sometimes when your best player isn't there, other people have to step up. Yeah. You put people in positions that they're not used to or that they haven't had an opportunity to be in, and you find gold. So uh, it's definitely something to be aware of on Thursday, You know, assuming you listen to the pod before Thursday's game. So... Um, if you don't, I don't know what you're doing. If you're listening yeah. <laughs> to this after the Buffalo game, like uh, you should just listen to that one. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> there's other so, stuff. Yeah, but uh, anyway, no, uh, thank you for joining me, Jack. Thanks for having me. On. Thanks for coming, Brooks. Thanks, Brooks. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening, King Sans. We'll talk to you soon.